Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big Sills National Football Show. Welcome aboard. You know, I watched something last night that made me have hope in America. And I think the greatest part of America was on display last night with our first responders. Whether it be 9-11, a roadside crash, or a player laying on a field dying. That was the best of America last night. Those first responders saved that man's life, DeMar Hamlin. Lost consciousness, had a heart attack, and wasn't breathing. Mouth-to-mouth resuscitation was given to a player in Cincinnati, Ohio. There were no teams but one team to save that guy's life. The Bengals, the on-site medical assistants, the Bills, that was tremendous. Watching those people save his life. That's the best of America. It really was. He's in a coma. And I'm not going to sit here for three hours and bang on this topic because we pretty much heard the sports take guys did a great job. Everyone else has put their opinions in. So I'll give you mine at the top of each hour here. But let me get into the league here. Let me ask you guys something. When a fireman goes into a fire and there's a third floor fire, you think he walks into it with no plan? Or how about an overturned car on the side of the highway? Three passengers are pinned. You think those guys don't have a plan with the jaws of life? I keep hearing these inexperienced and incapable people of understanding what it takes to play in that league and that game. You don't get it. How could you not have a contingency plan? Because you don't care. This is uncharted territory. How can it be with the most violent sport in America? How can it be? Well, because the league owners are still in a courtroom battling the players on whether or not CTE is caused by contact in the league. We didn't know what to do. This is uncharted territories. Now, by the way, Troy Vincent has come out and said we never gave the players five minutes to get back out there. I kind of half believe that. I do. But I think Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and McDermott and Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, I think those guys all said we're not playing. How do you not have a plan for a man dying on your field? 
Remember what I told you three weeks ago? Do you remember? Things will not change in that league until someone dies on the field. Boy, did I didn't think it would be this soon that we would be this close. I am very proud of the NFL players and how they rallied around one another, retired and current. It was wonderful to see. If we have any updates, we'll give it to you. Uncharted territory, 100 years of football, and you still don't know what to do with injured players. It wasn't the league that saved the lives. It was the first responders that saved his life. No plan. Of course there's no plan. There's a plan, though, when you want to suspend players or you want to talk about taking knees. And by the way, stop that shit with the vaccinations. You're not going to politicize a guy being almost killed last night on a field here. That's for some other dumbass show. We don't do that. We don't take pandemics and injuries and politicize them to make a political point. Those are for losers. Vaccination. Guys breathing on a respirator right now. I don't give a shit about your political views or your political stance or what you think of vaccinations or not. It has no bearing right now. Dude. Guy's fighting for his life with his mom holding his hand. Okay. Congratulations to our first responders. Guys are sensational. Okay. Let's move on. You guys have heard enough of this all day. Nothing's changed. If we hear anything, we will definitely keep you updated here. Let's get into the Eagles being embarrassed and no longer the best team in the NFC. I have said this to you for about mm, six weeks. Your offensive coaches are horrible. They are horrible. They do not have a game plan. They have a rescue plan for winning games. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I could have swore I saw the Chicago game plan being implemented in the New Orleans Saints game. What was anything different from the Bear game? Oh, I know. Jalen not covering your ass. Jalen covered Steichen and Sirianni's ass. They were embarrassed. Some will say, Sills, you know, 20 to 10. Yeah, because the Saints, you know what their problem is? They're a headless horseman. They don't have a very good quarterback. And you still turned Andy Dalton into an 81% completion percentage QB. Last week it was Dak at 77. Your coaches suck. Eighty-one percent completion percentage. Some go like this. Sills, what about the play of Minshew? 
correct me if I'm wrong. He's a backup for a fucking reason. The word backup is part of his identity. Backup. The Saints put it on you. And they're not very good. Two running attempts against a team that gave up 132 yards rushing all year. And you throw the ball again like you did in the Bear game. By the way, congratulations. You may be the fifth seed. I told you this last week. Eagles aren't in playoff mode. They're reading headlines. MVP talk. 13-1. and You got... Destroyed by a shitty team. That's embarrassing. Defense came around in the second half. It was too late. First, first series, 15-play drive by the Saints. How you doing? How you doing? 15-play drive. It's an embarrassing loss. They need to get their shit together. Or it's too late. That team cannot beat Brady playing like that. You can't even beat Andy Dalton and Tyler Heineke. You're going to beat Brady, though. Sure. Hey, that's exactly what I want to see. The Eagles that are stumbling right now, you're stumbling going into the playoffs. Stumbling. You're not playing your best ball. You're actually regressing. Barrett Brooks said something on Sports Take, and I completely agree. That fighter's mentality is gone. Can they recover? I don't know. I don't know. Does Jalen have to get this? Who would have thought this? The Giants don't have to play their starters, but the Eagles do. What? The Giants don't have to play their starters, but the Philadelphia Eagles have to? It's not a must game for the Giants, but it is for you. Wow, how the tables have turned. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Eagles by the numbers. I mean... You ran 47 plays? <laughs> 19 first down. Dude, dude, these are not imposing numbers that the Saints put up. These are like the Washington commander numbers when they beat you. 313 total yards, 130 rushing yards, which is high. They had 35 attempts. They played eagle ball on you. They played eagle ball. 
They had 68 plays to 47. You're not winning that. They didn't even have to turn the ball over. Gardner Minshew, 18 of 32, 274, one and one. Miles Sanders, two carries in the first half. Who is your offensive coordinator? Fire him. Oh, but your two receivers got their numbers. Shows you what passing stats do for you. One guy almost 100 yards, the other guy over 100, and you got worked by a shitty team. Been saying this the whole time. The Philadelphia Eagles do not have a game plan. It's a rescue plan known as Jalen Hurts. And now he plays this weekend injured. You're going into the final week of the NFL season playing your shittiest football. Not exactly what you wanted. There's a lot of teams that are playing great ball right now. You ain't one of them. If you can get beat by the Saints, you can get beat by anybody. And by the way, the damn Bears almost beat you. Do you realize the last three weeks, the last three weeks, you got away with a win in Chicago. That was a three-win team. Then a six-win team put it on you. Then the Cowboys beat you, who I think are okay. Dude, 13-13, Daz. Andy Dalton? I was, I, was, I was not shocked with Jonathan Gannon's, once again, piss-ass poor zone defense. Hey, Sills, and I'm going to finally tell you the way it is. The reason you have all those great numbers, you played some of the shittiest O-lines in the quarterbacks on any schedule I've ever seen. You're not playing high profile. Dude, you're turning mediocre quarterbacks into Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Still think you're the best team in the NFC? I by far do not. Damn, dude, my, hey, you guys want to hear this about Jalen Hurts and how I look at him? No question. Jalen Hurts has moved up 10 pegs in my view and how I see him on his importance on that team. He may actually get that $45 million because I'll tell you what, that shitty coaching staff that you have, talking about plants and T-shirts, screaming at guys in the stands, telling everybody how tough they are, this and that. Shut your mouth, Nick. Coach the fucking team. Get them motivated. I don't want to hear any more of that dumb shit out of him. And by the way, the media that confronts him on Press conferences is a joke. Why would you throw the ball against a team that's 24th in run defense? All you had to do was, remember what I said last week? All you had to do was be patient. 
Coaching staff's not patient. You know why? Because they're inexperienced. Dude, the quarterback is ready for the postseason, Jalen Hurts. The coaching staff's not. Can't win them all. No, Keon, but you can play better. And show me you care. Cam Jordan was crushing Jordan Mulatto. Crushing. Tina, thank you. It is Big Sills' birthday. Man. I don't get it. I don't get it. The Philadelphia Eagles, as I said a couple days ago, they got the makings of a one-and-done team. Look at Travis. Pretty soon, 13-4, and fifth seed. Going to Tampa. Brady Hanks, 38 on you, and you're back for the holidays. Congratulations. And you could take that 13-4 and record and parade it all around on your little antennas Going down to South Philly, going over the bridge. Hey, we were 13 and four this year. What it win you? Not even a freaking hat. Your record, as I told you, it's more how you're playing. I'll tell you what, that Charger team looks pretty damn good. The Bengals, right before the tragedy last night, I don't know, man. I think the Bengals are the best team in the National Football League. I'm going to say this to you, too. If this Eagle team loses and goes one and done, it'll be the biggest disaster in franchise history next to the Fog Bowl. Or the final game at the Vet. That team was pretty good, too. That lost to the Bucks. Congratulations to you playing your worst ball of the year. <laughs> Some would go, well, Seals, it'll change when Jalen gets in there. Will it? You mean, now teams know they can beat Jalen up like they did in Chicago. You think there's going to be some magic switch when he gets back in there? So now you're going to have a guy with a shoulder injury taking off running? That's what the coach's plan is going to be. Well, it's Seals. Once Jalen gets back in there, the offense will be back to normal. Uh, no, it won't because the player's not healthy. Ah, dual threat. Dual threat. Has put you in a bind. Thank you, Steve. Big Sills keeps it a bean. I'm going to get to your takes here in a minute. Thank you, Steve. The dual threat quarterback system that you have puts you in a bind because your escape system that you have with your offense relies on Jalen Hurts' legs, not his arm. Who would have thought that? Hey, all the things you guys have been saying, he's gotten better sills throwing the ball. Absolutely. He's gotten better reading a defense. Absolutely. But his number one asset 
is breaking down teams on third down and covering the offensive coaches. Can I show you something here, guys? Before I get to your takes, here's why your coaches suck on offense. <laughs> Defense, you know how I think about them losers. When you actually had to put a game plan together for Gardner Minshew, because you know he's not the dual threat guy that your system is based on, they couldn't do it. They put Minshew in a position to fail. That game was on the coaches, albeit the players got to go out there and execute. He didn't. But that's why he's a perennial backup. You're not looking. The reason that the Saints are 6-9 and nine is because Andy Dalton is a fringe starter slash backup. And what was this Saints plan? Do you understand? The Saints ran a wing T at you and went 15 plays in the opening drive. They ran a wing T. Something the Army teams did back in the 40s. And you couldn't stop it. Or you didn't want to stop it. I don't know. Maybe a little of both. A wink T? Snapping the ball to Elvin Kamara or Tyson Hill. They beat you with the simplest offenses. There was, but there was a plan. The coaches had a plan. Carmichael had a plan. This is how we're going to beat them. Here was the Eagle plan. Well, throw it. And when you couldn't cover the incompletes and the three and outs, it was only a matter of time before the pick six. Hey, when I saw Marcus Lattimore out there as well, I knew there was trouble. I knew there was trouble. That was terrible. (laughs) MVP race, over. Top 10 teams. Top quarterback play heading into the final weekend of the NFL. Playoff picture. Let's take a look at that. Should be embarrassed. Should be embarrassed. Hey, that tragedy last night kept it so that, guess what? Eagle coaches don't have to face any kind of wrath with their shit-ass game plan. Man, those guys look like they didn't belong in the NFL. That was terrible. The whole thing was terrible. I thought it was the Bears' game plan. East Camden for life. Hurts is the system. Hurts made it his system. You think the coaches put that together? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. NFC picture. Eagles as of right now have the bye. Niners. Kept, people kept telling me Niners won't make the playoffs. Under third quarterback and killing teams. 
they got a little threatened in the first half of their last game. All of a sudden, they just said, you know what? Let's put the gas pedal down. Crushed them. Vikings. I call them the Wobblers. Cowboys. Call them the Pretenders. The Giants. Maybe, can I tell you this? I think the New York Giants are the best coach team in the NFC East. No problem saying that. Are they as talented as the Eagles? No. But they're better coached. You turn Dine Jones around. They're better. They're better coached. Seahawks. Here's how it would look. As of today, Eagles get the bye. Niners, Seahawks, Vikings, Giants, Bucks, and Cowboys. You would play the winner of the Bucks and Cowboys. <laughs> Both those teams can beat you today. Both those teams have beaten you this year. AFC, Chiefs, Bills in the two-hole. Obviously, last night's game, I don't know how they're going to make that up yet to be determined. Bengals, Jaguars are in the fourth hole. They beat the Titans this weekend. They're in. Unbelievable job, Doug. Chargers finally winning ball games. Justin Herbert looks like a stud. GT, Tampa didn't play you this year? You might want to go back and look at the calendar. It starts in January, dude. Ravens in the sixth hole. Patriots in the seven hole. Yeah, you might want to go back. You know, I said this year, there's 12 months in the year, GT. Man. 49ers suck. Really? You suck worse. Hertz will refocus the team. Really? Hertz will refocus the team. You need to have a quarterback refocus a team of millionaires. So if Green Bay makes it, then it changes it. Yeah, then you get Aaron Rodgers again playing better and you playing worse. Big Sills, is Minshew still your guy? Yeah. I think he's a great backup quarterback. Absolutely. I don't have a problem with him. I think your coaches blow. I, he's exactly who he is for me. He's a backup QB. You got one of the better guys in the league. Yeah. 274 this past weekend. 355 the weekend before. I'm not sure what you're looking for. Are you looking for Patrick Mahomes and Gardner Minshew? Well, then you're looking in the wrong place. Bro, he's a backup. So who would you rather put in there, Ian Book? 
He's a backup quarterback. I don't have a problem with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew threw a pick six. <laughs> really? Well, he's a backup quarterback. And Marcus Lattimore jumped the route. Gee, an all-pro. Brian goes, so Dan, what do we do? Dude, got to go back to basics and sim- being simple again. And who you are. Can I say this to you? I think the Philadelphia Eagles have lost their identity. I think you've lost your identity. Reading your press clippings, having everybody, Paulie Shore telling you how great you are, and all the media guys talking about, I've been steadfast the entire year and telling you who you are. You've played shit quarterbacks. You've played mediocre teams. And when you get into a game where you don't play your best ball, you'll get beat by anybody. And that includes a six-win Saints team. You have to play perfect ball to beat everyone. You almost lost to the Bears. You are a fourth-quarter football team. Get used to it. You are a running attack team. Some would go, Sills, we got two 1,000-yard receivers. Yeah, but that's all set up off of play action. When they don't think Gardner Minshew's going to run, why would the coaches put him in a position like that to throw the ball when you're playing against a team that gave up 132 yards rushing? So what if you beat the Saints 14-10? Who cares? This is not college football where you have to have like a beauty pageant. Nobody cares. Look at what the Cowboys did with Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush wasn't completing a lot of passes. But what was the most important thing? He didn't turn it over, and he was undefeated until he played the Eagles. They weathered the storm with him because they knew how to put a game plan together. This staff does it in Philly. When, when Minshew ran the RPO, dude, what was Minshew doing running RPOs? I'll tell you. Your offensive coaches don't have a game plan. They ran the same Jalen Hurts offense with a drop-back quarterback. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I go, they're going to lose this game. They're going to lose it. You want to hear something crazy? Never at any time did I think the Eagles were going to win that game. No, I'll take that back. After the 15-play drive to open the game, I never thought there was a moment you were going to win that game. I never thought there was a moment. When they went 15 plays on you to open the game, it took 9.34 off the clock. I said, there's not a chance they'll lose this game, New Orleans. I'm watching this game. I'm going like, the, don't, the Eagles aren't winning this. At home. Wow. wow. Eric goes, you sound like the Eagles are the only terrible team. The Eagles are not a terrible team. It's a troubled team. It's an injured team. 
It's an unprepared team. Your football team was unprepared to play an NFL football game this past Sunday. They were unprepared. They were not prepared to play. They thought they were just going to throw their helmets on the field and that the Saints weren't going to show up. And guess what happened on the way to the party? The Saints showed up. And they were surprised. Never take an opponent likely. Never take an opponent for granted. Ever. You're not that team yet. And you're surely not that team without Lane Johnson, Jalen Hurts, Avante Maddox. You're not that team. Now, Josh Sweat's out. So wait a minute now. You got arguably the most improved player on your football team out. And Lane's out. Your quarterback's banged up. And you think you're 13-3. and three. A 7-9 and nine team could beat you right now. And that's most likely the Bucs. Or 8-9. They lose this last game. Very pathetic. Very pathetic. They only scored 10 points regardless of how bad Minshew played. And get this. Some would go, Sills, they held the Saints to 20 points. Are you under some sort of illusion here that the Saints are a high-powered offense? That's all they needed. Shit, they only really needed 17 points. Hell, they only need 11 points to beat your ass. Keon, worst 13-3 and team in the league. The Eagles are the worst 13 and 3 team in the league. <laughs> you're not better than the Chiefs and Bills. You're not better than those teams. Shit, you're not better than the 49ers. Look at Maurice. Not true. <laughs> you got your shit stuffed in against the Saints, guy. I wouldn't be parading around talking about how good you are. And get this, they gave the ball to the running back two times in the first half. He's a pro bowler, for God's sakes. You're starting quarterbacks out. What is wrong with you? Or are you that incompetent? Reaching sills, let us get healthy. Okay, Xavier, I never said that. That's why I pointed out all the injuries. When healthy? Yes. You're not, though. You're talking fantasy land. I'm talking reality of who you are today on January 3rd. Stop talking about the September. You're not the September Eagles. There's players missing. You are not the September Eagles. Stop acting like it. Run the ball. Dude, Jack Driscoll is not very good at pass protection. You knew that. Why didn't you run it? Instead, Driscoll got hammered. Why would you go into the teeth of the strength of someone? (laughs) Hey, Dan, you just answered your own... um, your own question, because you're not a very good game plan coaching staff. 
Last two weeks, as I said, dude, so Dak's 77% and Andy Dalton's 81%. What happens when you take on Brady? What happens when you take on Rodgers this time with the team playing better, the Packers? I think they started playing better actually right after the Eagle game. They still put like 35 points on you. Their defense has gotten better. This reminds me of Thanksgiving because the birds are cooked. William, I don't know how you turn it around. If they had all their pieces, I would think you could turn it around. But you don't. You're a wounded football team. How about this? You are right now playing your worst football of the year. How come no one will say that? The Eagles are playing their worst football of the year. Started in Chicago. It started in Chicago. You're playing the worst football of the year, and you're completely banged up. And you're going to turn that around against Brady. Here's the problem. So you're going to be banged up going into a game against the banged up Bucks team. My money's on Brady. Both teams banged up. My money's on Brady. You could take Jalen Hurts all you want. I'll take Tom Brady. Your football team's not the same team it was in September. You lost the best right tackle, according to Nick, the best tackle in the game. You got an 11-sack guy out now for God knows how long, and I pray for him. Kaiser White's not playing well. Your corners, I mean, I don't know what's happened to them the last month. And your safety position is musical chairs. But you still think you're the best team in the NFC. Okay. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do my top 10 teams. Roland, what don't you like what I'm saying? I'm interested. Tampa's terrible? Tampa's terrible. You must have missed that Saints-Eagles game at home. You You must have missed that game when Andy Dalton beat your 13 and 2 team. Andy Dalton and Tyler Heineke have beaten you this year. I don't know, dog. (laughs) I get Dak. Those other two guys are worms. I don't get it. (laughs) Look at GT with Minshew. Well, you can't take credit for the win against Cowboys then. They had Cooper Rush. 13-1 with our MVP. He ain't no MVP. Be lucky to finish in the top five. Dual threat has put that team in a position. You know why? It's not sustainable. He missed important games. Your quarterback is also accountable for this. He's not responsible, but he's also accountable. You know why? Availability is part of this. Brady doesn't miss games late in the year. Ever. 
Mahomes don't miss games late in the year. Ever. That's what franchise quarterbacks do. They don't miss important games. Ever. Dual threat. Look at the Ravens stumbling around trying to find their place. You know what they're doing right now? They're getting by with Tyler Huntley, which I think is so admirable that the kid's playing the way he is. He's not playing superstar football, but they're winning with him. And they're going to do this. I want a healthy Lamar Jackson in the postseason. More so than worrying about where we're seating is. That's how they looked at it. You know, the Eagles might want to take a page out of that. How important is it to put Jalen Hurts in there to get home field advantage? And if he gets banged up again, then you're finished. You're not going to go into a buck game with Gardner Minshew. You're going to play Brady with Gardner Minshew? It's not even worth playing. We haven't seen Jalen play his best ball yet. You won't either. He misses important games. Why? Dual threat. Not sustainable. Been telling you this all year. You don't pay dual threat $45 million because they will miss games that matter. Playing against the Texans doesn't matter. Missing Cowboy games and playoff seeding games and games that matter for home field advantage matter. Jalen Hurts has missed the most important games of the year. A closeout game versus the Saints and the Cowboy game. You know why? Because if you happen to lose to the Giants, the Cowboys have the tiebreaker. You're the fifth seed. You're the wild card. You go to Tampa. Thirteen and three, dual threat. The Giants don't have to play. You do. <laughs> you do. And you're either going to play probably Dak, or you're going to play uh, Brady. Man, he missed meaningless game. Arthur, you're right. He's he, these games didn't mean shit. Even though now the entire Novacare Center is completely panicking. Hey, hey, Shakur, you're 13 and one. You know what it got you? You have to play your starters in Week 18. Congratulations. <laughs> hey, great year. Do you have, I guess we don't have to pay our player starters. We're all paying. No, you have to. You have to play Jalen Hurts. You have to. The Giants don't have to play their guys. <laughs> the Giants. This is, oh no, it is William hilarious. You, you, you potentially go to be, look, I don't know what happens. You lost to the shitty Saints. I don't, oh, you know, this will be a foregone conclusion. 
they'll beat the Giants. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not sold on that. You played shitty ball for three weeks. I'm not sold on that. Dan, what coaches would you fire? <laughs> Dude, the defensive coordinator. I hope he gets a head coaching job. And then he could go be Jonathan Hackett somewhere else. And the offensive coach, man, get Frank Reich's ass in there. Get Frank in the building, please. Save the season. Bring Frank Reich in. Please save the season. Put a game plan together. Can you imagine if this coach, if this football team had the 2017 coaching staff, they'd be undefeated. They'd be undefeated. As soon as Wentz went down, they had a game plan for Foles. Immediately. That fit him. They tailor-made a game plan for Nick. You know what they did for Gardner Minshew? They gave him the game plan from Chicago. And said, go out there and implement it. Well, RPOs, Gardner Minshew? Really? As soon as Wentz went down, dude, when, when, when Foles played against the Giants, I was like, holy shit. What, he throw for five touchdowns in that game? I was like this. Okay, well, um, that looked pretty good. Actually, he threw for five touchdowns against the Giants. Defense only gave up. That's all they needed to beat you. Look at this. Sam, Foles looked terrible until the NFC title game. I mean, get this. See, when you hear that. So the divisional game, he won. He finished up the regular season so you could get home field advantage. He threw for four or five touchdowns against the Giants in his first start, and he looked horrible. I'm sorry, I don't remember that. His first start, he threw for four or five touchdowns. You guys got some offensive gurus over there. Shit, man, I'm looking. I mean, it's Ernie Zampezi. I couldn't believe the offensive skill set that you have with your offense. Dude, they are horrible. They are horrible. Very simple to figure out. The Giants will figure that out. They'll play better. I don't know they'll beat them. They'll play better, though. That's why Washington figured them out second time through. It's not that hard a system to figure out. The Eagle, the Eagle offense is not very hard to figure out. Hey, watch this. He's not open. Go ahead, Jalen, run. There's your system. That's not sustainable. It's not. Woo-wee! Is this going to be interesting? This is either going to be fabulous or the biggest turd burger in Eagle history. <laughs> well, it was a turd burger on Sunday, I'll tell you. Woo-wee! The Saints kicked your ass. <laughs> Man, that was a butt whipping. Hey, Jack Driscoll looked like a turnstile at Lincoln Financial. He was just turning like this. 
It's just turning. I was like, hey, Cam, Jesus, criminy. They were taking turns on the guy. He was like a turnstile. <laughs> I was like, what the? <laughs> Number one seed on a T. Yeah, you better get it. You got to play all your guys. <laughs> the Giants. They may play their JV team. Oh, man. Boy, are you guys in trouble. Woo-wee! And now what's happened is you've lost your identity. Now you think you're going to flip the switch and you think you're going to win the East. Okay. Ain't that easy, is it? Remember I told you I think you're going to lose potentially three games down the stretch? Never happened, Sells. Well, one more to go. One more to go. GT, one more to go, baby. It's three straight. Wild card city. I'm not sure, though. Hey, GT, I'm not sure you get a T-shirt for, like, a wild card seat. I think you get a T-shirt for, like, a division title and maybe a hat. I don't really think you get anything for, you know, like, you know, making it in. And by the way, you'll be going into the playoffs the same way you did last year, limping in. Josh goes, Dan loves this. I do. Because this football team needs to get back to who they are. They've forgotten who they are. You have forgotten. Yeah, who should we play here? Who would, you know, if we play this guy here a couple games, you know, maybe we could just go ahead and do this. Hey, you know, let's rest this guy. It's your general manager getting his fat face in the way again. This is Howie all over it. This got Howie all over this. Management decisions. Boy, you tell me it's not. Running the same game plan that you did in Chicago. That's a Jalen Hurts game plan for Gardner Minshew. <laughs> it's ass nine. It's ass nine. This is ass nine. <laughs> ass nine. And get this in that game, they were 31st against the run. You guys are at least consistent. That coach in Philadelphia, Nick Sirianni, has an ego as big as the GM. We're going to start throwing it because we got to throw in. We got 2,000 yard receivers. Well, ever since you guys have established those two guys and not established Dallas Goddard and Miles Sand, do you understand? That's why you've lost your identity. Dallas Goddard. Miles Sanders have not been established. Establishing AJ and Devontae, they're getting their numbers. But you're playing worse ball. You're a running team. Now you're trying to become a finesse team. Facts. Shows we got two 1,000 yard receivers. And you got beat by the Saints. Congratulations. And the Cowboys took you out too. Now the Giants could make it a three-pack. Yeah, but we got our numbers. 
<laughs> yes, you did. It's obvious Hertz is important. Hertz is so important, maniac. Those coaches, man, I mean, but get this. You know why Nick, hey, can I tell you this? You know why Nick Sirianni can't answer the media at the press conference or when he's on WIP? You know why he can't? He doesn't have the any answers. He's got to clear it through Howie. The reason he can't tell you anything on who's going to play, who's not going to play, who this and that, is because the general manager makes that decision. Wait, you think the head coach does? Dude, that looks like a – can I tell you what the game plan looks like? It looks like a general manager put the game plan together. That looks like, a, that looks like an inexperienced guy with influence on a game plan. Because anybody who turned on the Saints film, like this, you turn on those old school projectors, hell, I'll send them one. I got one. You turn on one of them old school projectors, they can't stop the run. Okay, they're pretty good at pass. They're getting Lattimore back too. So let's run the ball, establish it. We'll be, we'll be patient. We'll wear him out in the end. Driscoll's going to struggle a little bit against Cam Jordan because Cam can rush the passer, and they're probably going to do games on him with Dennis Allen. So let's run the ball and let's run it, Cam. We may be behind 10-7, okay? And on defense, you knew they were going to run the wishbone. That team ran the wishbone at you. Every time you saw Tyson Hill, did you really think he was going to drop back and beat you? I mean, it was so simple. And yet they couldn't game plan it. GT goes, who will be the number one seed? Yet to be determined. It's, I here, watch this. What a great movie. It's either going to be the Limping Eagles or the Charging Niners <laughs> or the Cardiac Vikings or the GOAT. <laughs> Shit, he's still alive? Yeah, Goat was getting beat, and he just went into Goat things, him and Mike Evans, and they said enough of this shit. <laughs> they did, Hey, they just said enough of this. <laughs> um, Maybe in hour number three, Xander. We'll get the sports doctor on. Talked about um we'll talk we'll we'll talk about last night and we'll get his thoughts here on Hamlin. Thank you very much. Hertz will throw for five hundred yards and four TDs. It still falls short of four K. I done. Four <laughs> K, baby. Four K. What happened to 4K? 38 touchdowns. He got hurt. Oh, really? Really? Niners are red hot, dog. Man, dude, they're a good football team. Look, look at these guys. Chiefs are very beatable. What are you? Hey, stick to under 500 teams. Work on that one. 
didn't get 4K passing yards. Never happened. Ever. (laughs) Here are big sales top 10 NFL teams. The coaching job of the year has to go to Doug Peterson. Has to go to Doug Peterson. The Jags are at 10. Dude, NTN and Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence has been playing the best football of anybody at the quarter position in the last two months. Dude, he was fantastic. Jags at 10. Got the Ravens at nine. I don't know what I'm going to get with that team. If Lamar Jackson plays, they're going to be a formidable team to have to play in the postseason. Number eight, Justin Herbert. Man, is he looking great. Chargers at number eight. Number seven, Vikings. Team I don't believe in. Number six, the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys there. Number five, Big Seals top 10 NFL teams, the Philadelphia Eagles at five. Number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number three, the Buffalo Bills. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. And the number one team in the NFL is the Bengals. Joey B, how you doing? Now, to be fair here, I think one of those five teams can win the Super Bowl. Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Bengals. I think the rest of them, those are the five best teams. You could throw them in a hat and put an order together, and you'd probably be okay. You probably don't want to put Philly number one because they're all banged up. I got guys missing everywhere. Okay? Got dudes missing everywhere. Bengals are playing some amazing football, especially after the 0-2 start. What a team. What a football team. Bengals and the Niners are playing the best ball of anybody in the NFL right now. Those are the two hottest teams. Bengals and 49ers. Wait, the Eagles can still win the Super Bowl after you? Yeah. Get healthy. Get healthy. Bengals will never be won on any list. Really? They were the number one team in the AFC last year and are the defending champions of the AFC. What are you talking about, dude? They've actually accomplished something. You haven't. You can't even beat the Saints. Yeah, yeah well, we, 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 we beat Cooper Rush. I know. I know. Don't lose to the Giants, man. You got to go to Tampa to see that dude. Brady, man. Hey, man. Gary Cobb will be with us from Fox 29 in Philadelphia at 430. 
The Giants, dude, don't beat the Eagles. Don't, don't, don't do that. What if the Giants, man, and Dimes Jones beats them? He's already got a win against them. Holy cow. <laughs> they got to play Hurts. Hurt. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Joey B, he's not great. Really? So you'd rather, hey, hey. Shakir, you'd rather have Jalen Hurts than Joe Burrow, right? Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Shakir, you'd rather have Jalen Hurts than Joe Burrow. Is that is that right? I, I just want to I, I want to hear that. I, I want to hear that so I can laugh going into hour two. Please tell me. Hurts went 13 and one and has so what? Burrow went to the Super Bowl. That's actually winning something. You know, you get a hat for that too. You get a ring. <laughs> oh, man, this is really big Sills top quarterback play going into the final week of the NFL. Gary Cobb. Woo! By the way, any update on Hamlin, we'll give it to you. Um, We'll find out a little bit more if anything has been released. I know he's on a ventilator. People in Cincinnati have told us this. Um, So hour number two, please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at MessaLaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean hi i'm jim Mulebronner, managing partner at delval insurance group Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event.
all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Our number two national football show. Appreciate you coming aboard. We will have our friend Gary Cobb from Fox 29 at the bottom of this hour. We're working on also Dr. Bruce Grossinger in hour number three, talking about Hanlon's injury from last night and getting an update. We'll also ask him about Josh Sweat and some of the other injuries that are on the football team if we're able to catch up. We hope we can. We appreciate you guys coming aboard with us. Please hit the like button. One more thing about um, Hamlin's injury last night. Again, I'm just going to keep hammering this point. And I've been hammering this point for over 30 years. One day the National Football League will give all these players full benefits. One day that will happen. In the most violent sport in America, we don't have lifetime benefits. The commissioner of the National Football League does. Roger Goodell's got a full healthcare package. The people that he stands on, the shoulders he stands on, he gets full benefits, makes $60 million. And the widgets known as players to them, they don't have a contingency plan if somebody gets hurt on one of their fields. And they haven't for 100 years. Is that a shocker? I know some would say this. Sills. Hey, you're right. Sills, this is just an opportunity for some of you guys and guys like you to take a shot at the league. Absolutely. It's the only time you're listening. You don't hear these players when nothing like that happens last night. You don't hear them. You don't hear them. You're damn right. It's the only time you're listening is when a tragedy happens. Michael Wright, Commissioner of National Football League, is not an owner. He's the highest paid man in the NFL. Making 60, he makes more than Aaron Rodgers. Lifetime benefits, pension plan better than anybody that's ever played in the league. Is that right? Oh, I get it. 
falling on the sword of the owners. <laughs> that I could... Hamlin last night, watching him, made you feel bad, didn't it? Once you walk into Joe DeLamalore's house, his wife has to work into her 70s because they don't have a proper health benefit plan to take care of his needs because he was so banged up as a player. Once you do that, here's one better. You should have went on a little journey with me back in the day when Tom McHale, who's a former Eagle and my former teammate, ended his life, or Andre Waters, who I hung out with in Tampa. You, you, you should watch those guys and how they ended their lives. It means something to me because I've lost Junior Seau and them guys, are all, they were all close to me. So maybe I'm a little bit emotional on that. And yes, I, I heard Nick Wright go, it's just a platform for guys like Cilio to be able to stand. You're damn right, guy. You're damn right. No one listens. They don't listen. Sills, how do you feel about Skip Bayless's tweet? That's why he did the show by himself today. Dude, don't say that shit. And don't even talk about vaccinations. Vaccinations and playing a ball game have nothing to do with that kid being on the field getting mouth-to-mouth last night. Had nothing to do with it. Where are you going with that? Why? Well, see, always ask yourself, why? Some people, man, I mean, you know. But then again, Skip's thinking like the league. That's how I feel about it. Skip thinks like owners. Damn, man, this game's important to the seating in the AFC. Jacob Bowman, who I know very well, do you want to hear what the Fox executives, Eric Shank, said to him? He had to go on that show and do the show by himself today. Eric Shank made Skip Bayless do that show undisputed by himself today so that he could explain it or they were going to fire him. The commissioner came down on that. So did the network and the network president come down on it. He was under incredible heat today to do that. That's why there was no Shannon. They will tell you that. Eric Shanks made him do that show by himself so that he could be clear that he didn't mean how that landed. Remember something, too. You know, when you're a sports talk guy like me, or and I've been doing this for 35-plus years, sometimes we say something, it doesn't land there. And it lands somewhere. Like, Kaepernick is the greatest example of this. Colin Kaepernick really was probably talking about, you know, society and the unjust and how they look at minorities. Probably meant it. But then when he brought the flag in, the United States of America, especially the heartland and the South, that's the NFL base. The big national football league is middle America and the South. 
and corridors up the East Coast, not the West Coast. And it landed on the flag, not on justice. And he didn't help himself out when two cops were killed in San Diego when the team was still playing there and he's wearing pig socks. I don't think that helped him. So you got to be careful when you say shit. See, that's why to me on my Twitter, I rarely respond anymore. I rarely respond. Because you're only responding usually to a meathead or trouble. Don't respond. It aggravates them more anyway. All right, I want to get into the top 10 quarterback play. Don't forget. Freedom of speech, that comes with consequences, Brian. Brian goes like this. You know what freedom of speech means to me? You have every right to say what you want. You say it in my office, I have every right in my freedom of speech to fire your ass. Comes with consequences. We're not Elon Musk. We can't just do what we want. Freedom of speech. It's the most overrated part of our Constitution. Doesn't mean that. Hey, I had every right to say whatever I wanted. I got fired twice. I respond to Parsons. You're damn right I respond to Parsons because I actually like the kid. I think he's overhyped and overrated. My stuff was football stuff, dude. Was it controversial? What, you think Lane Johnson kicking your ass and you not liking what I said? That's more of a you thing. Micah didn't like that I said Lane kicked his ass. Gee, sorry. Top 10 quarterback play heading into week 18, final week of the National Football League. Let me give you this here. I'll tell you what, man. I love this guy, Dan Campbell. Hey, real quick, before I go into that, can you think the Eagles are going to turn this around against the Giants this weekend? Do you think you're going to turn it around against the Giants? You think you're going to turn around a, a month of bad football? It's been a month of bad football. Roland says yes. Gaming says maybe. Look at look, look look at what you have here. I hope, maybe, yes. Oh, I don't think it's going to be that easy. So let me put it to you this way. You're going to put Jalen Hurts injured into a ball game with no lane. And your game plan, if he's not open, run. So the game plan is to run Jalen? The Eagles will be beat by – I'll say this to you. I think if the Giants are in the game at halftime, they'll play the game. If they're not in it and say the Eagles have a 10 or or 14-point lead, they'll probably pull guys. But if they're leading and in it, they'll probably try to win it. 
What a great way to go into the postseason if you're the Giants, knocking off the Eagles, your divisional opponent, and solidifying Daniel Jones as maybe the guy you might want to bring back. So Daniel Jones knocks the Eagles out and puts him in the fifth seed. I don't know. That would be pretty impressive if I had to find a new address or a new zip code. Hey, Daniel, you got better code? You know what Daniel Jones can say this year? Daniel Jones can go, hey, once I got better coaching, we started winning games. Is he wrong? No. Fly goes like this. Daniel Jones is terrible. Well, he's actually got as many player of the week awards as Jalen does. He's got it twice. And his team made the playoffs. <laughs> I, I don't know. As a matter of fact, let's take a look at that. Daniel Jones, let's take a look at his stats this year. You might be right. He might have sucked this year. Daniel Jones stats. You might be right. Oh, interesting. He's got the running stats like your boy does. So Daniel Jones has 3,200 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions, 67 completion percentage. Let's see what his running numbers are. Because you know you count that. He's got 800 yards rushing. Holy shit, this guy's got more rushing yards than Jalen. And he's got seven touchdowns. Wow. Holy shit, this guy's got 800 rushing yards? Good night. This guy's a white guy version of Jalen Hurts. Good night. Woo-wee! 67%. (laughs) Hey, I I don't think he's great either, but for a guy that I thought completely sucked, that's not horrible. That's not horrible. Baker Mayfield's horrible. He went to Duke, he sucks. Good point. Dude, Daniel Jones, and he's got a win over Jalen, which is crazy to think. Why you hate hurt so much? No, I hate the stuff. Bro, how many how many times I got to explain this to you? I don't hate anybody. I don't give a shit about most people. Okay, because if I don't know you, how can I care about you? Okay, how how, how could I have an opinion on you either way when I don't know you. I don't like the style of play. Danny Dimes. You do hate hearts. Mask is a mind reader now. You get me some lottery tickets so I don't have to see your ass anymore. <laughs> you hate hurts. Come on, man. I don't like Stromboli's. Top 10 NFL quarterbacks. Where's your boy? We'll find out here. 
<clears throat> I got Jared Goff at number 10. I, I mean, for the Lions to be going into the final week of the regular season and with an opportunity to make the postseason is incredible. Number nine, Rodgers. Uh-oh, Aaron Rodgers is back in the top 10. Packers playing some good ball. Hey, what's Aaron Rodgers' number? Did he pass Jalen yet in passing yards? Aaron Rodgers' stats. Um, holy cow, he did. Get 25 touchdowns. This guy's having a shitty year. Get this. Here, yeah. He's having a crappy year. He's having a crappy year. And he still threw for 3,500 yards with one, one, one game left that he has to win, and he's got 25 touchdown passes. And this is a down year. <laughs> and he's at 65% completion percentage. And this is a down year. Come on, man. Number eight, Brady. Brady and Rodgers back in the top ten. This is crazy. Number seven. Kurt Cousins, another massive year for Cousins statistically. Big sales top 10 quarterbacks. Wait a second here. You're not going to believe who's at six. Trevor freaking Lawrence is at number six. Trevor Lawrence stats. This is insanity. What's he doing this year? Trevor Lawrence. Has 4,000 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, and eight picks, and 66.5 completion percentage. That's a franchise quarterback. That's my style right here, man. I love me some Trevor Lawrence, baby. Woof. Number five, Justin Herbert putting up massive numbers. Number four, hasn't played in a couple weeks. Dual threat. Jalen Hurts at number four. Lucky he's even on my list. He hasn't played. I haven't seen him. Been sitting there with like headsets on, talking to clutch sports and such, I think, probably. Or listening to the Christmas album. Number three, Josh Allen. What a stud. Number two, Patrick Mahomes. This guy's going to throw for 5,700 yards. He's probably going to break the record and throw for 47, probably 47 touchdowns. And the number one quarterback in National Football League, Joey B. Joey B. Hey, Dan, you have to be the boss to win. This a lot are only managers. Hey, Dan, you have to be the boss to win. This lot are only managers. I think I got it, Paul. I think I think that um, Barrett kind of said that today. Man, they shouldn't give a shit who they're playing on Sunday. Go beat them. They lost that. They lost that. Paul, they lost that. I don't care who we're playing. That's how we talking.
before I bring Gary Cobb by Gary Cobb and I saw this happening. Okay, we saw this happening where they lost kind of that fighter's edge and fist fight stuff. Okay, we saw that. Um, and it played out against the Saints. We'll get to that here in a minute. But last night, man, I must have got a thousand texts and I text Gary this morning. Um, and the injury to Hamlin last night was frightening for everybody. And let's bring in Fox 29's Gary Cobb now. And Gary, um, what you saw last night, give me your reflection on how you felt and what you were watching last night and how everything worked out and how the league handled it. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know all that was happening, but I, you know, I know what I was uh, hearing on TV uh, where um, you had this, which came out of nowhere. I mean, it's unexpected. And all of a sudden you see where you got a player um, in a dire situation. And, and, and you can tell by the way the other players are reacting. Something is happening that is traumatic, you know, and uh, you don't normally see players, you know, um, you know, a lot of guys know each other. Guys have played against each other, guys that are on different teams. But during the game, you know, you think they were lifelong enemies because, you know, it's all about winning, especially a game that means so much as, uh, you know, the game last night where, you know, you're playing for a playoff position and teams are trying to put themselves in a position to win the Super Bowl, meaning you're getting closer to it. This is not just a game that's playing. So you could see the seriousness of the game and everything. But to see the players... Uh, just kind of um, uh, just totally distraught. I mean, you know that something is serious is happening. And uh, it, it's amazing because you get hard to uh, any type of injuries as a player. Now, I remember, you know, when I was in high school, of course, you know, you're playing, you got practice or whatever. If somebody gets hurt, hey, practice is over. You know, I mean, a serious injury where they got an ambulance or something. Hey, uh, something somebody gets hurt, whatever. Practice is pretty much over. But that's not the way it is in college. You know, when you get to college, right away. You know, when I when I, when I got out there, uh, you had uh, injury, and they go, "Hey, let's move it over to this field, or let's move it down here to this position." Move the drill. Move the drill. Hey, we are doing we're doing the practice. Hey, come take care of him, the trainers, and then we got business because this is. You know, serious business. So we're not shutting down practice. We got to practice. In fact, you got to be able to focus. If your best friend just, you know, got his uh, leg tore up, you got to be ready to go. You got to focus on doing your job and playing. And so you develop this core to where, you know, you don't ever get caught up in somebody getting hurt and everything because it happens. It's just part of the game. How did you feel? How did you feel, Gary? How did I feel? Well, I I was just uh, concerned that you know, if his life was in danger, you know, I'm I'm shook. I'm 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 wanting this kid to make sure that he's okay. Uh, everything else is irrelevant, man. This is a life threatening thing, so it it just gets my um, attention to where I, um, you know, I wasn't aware of that right away, but then once I realized it's a life threatening thing, man, you know, I, you know, let. The football is is off to the side, man. Let's take care of this kid uh, because 
he's out here playing. His life is in danger. That's all that matters. I want to see him taken care of and do whatever we got to do, you know, uh, whatever we got to do right now and make sure uh, that he survives this. That's that, that was that's what got me. So uh, once it got to that point, you know, um, later for the football. Absolutely. Let's move on to the Eagles here. And I want I want to throw this at you here. I saw the same game plan that I saw in Chicago being implemented with the uh, Saints game here. And I come away with this. There is no question that the fact that Jalen Hurts has exposed the offensive coaches. I mean, there's no way you go into a game that a team is giving up 132 yards rushing, Gary, and that's the Saints. And you start throwing the ball around the yard the way that they did. You put Gardner Minshew in a position to lose. And then on top of that, the Saints open up a, 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 a the game with a 15 play yeah. drive right down the field, and Gary, they were running the wing T. Yeah, I mean, give me your thoughts on how you. Well, saw, you know, I, I, I mean, was very disappointed in the, the play the, and play calling. I got to give New Orleans credit because they looked at the Washington game. This is the same thing that Washington did, which is they came and they said we're going to play a game where we're just trying to keep, we're trying to stay on the field. We just want to get a first down. We're going to run We're going to have running plays and short passing game because if they get in these zones, the Eagles, they play the zone where they basically just give you yardage. You know, you, you take that short yardage. You're, you're willing to take five yards. They'll give you five yards. At some point, you got to take that away from the, you cannot just give that when you see that that's that the team, that's what they're trying to do. They just want to get to get to five yards. They're willing to take four yards completion. That's all they want. Well, if you give that to them, now you're playing into their hands. They just want to keep the offense off the field. They want to wear you down with the running game and a short passing game. That's what they did. It's the same uh, game plan that Washington had that executed. Keep the Eagles offense off the field. And with the, with regards to the Eagles offense, you come in, you throw the ball, throw the ball every play. I mean, come on. And Two rushes in the first. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Calf. Yeah. You know, and part of it was, was Minshew because he's got yep. a bad habit of bringing his eyes down, looking at the pass rush. Yep. He, you know, he looks for that first receiver. They're not open. He brings his eyes down, which is what, you know, young quarterbacks do that. In fact, Jalen was doing that in his first year. You got to keep that eyes downfield. You got to give the guys a chance to run their route where you're looking downfield. He brought his eyes down. They do kind of a mush rush. 
which uh, everybody just slowly, uh, they come after him. I mean, nobody gets out of their lane. So they, they don't give him any room to try to little scramble because he likes to scramble for a little room. But he's got to keep his eyes downfield. Now, he did a better job in the second half of doing that, to give the guys a chance to run routes. And then they were playing man-to-man, which is, look, we're taking the short stuff away from him because we think we can do this mush rush uh, to where we take the short throw against him. He won't go downfield. He's going he's gonna to bring his eyes down. And, in fact, um, the former coach of New Orleans, he said they had seen him doing that. And when he was playing at Jacksonville, that's what they utilized against him, which is just take away that first receiver and he's going to bring his eyes down. He feels the pressure. That's right. And and he feels the pressure and he wants to scramble out of it. And so it's something that was working. You got to give New Orleans credit. They did a good job of with their game plan and everything. And the Eagles played into it, which is not taking anything away. You got to play some man to man. Come on. Third down, you you know, or, or really those second downs where they're going to be throwing, and the, all they want is just a little short gain to keep the ball away from you, short, you know, and and that's I mean you you're going to see somebody else employ that because it's worked two times against them, where a team has been able to just hang on the ball, nine minute drive, fifteen plays to start off the game, that just takes the air out of everything. I mean, it drains your defense. The offense is over there on the sideline, so when they do come in, they're impatient. So right away, we got to throw the ball every play. No, we don't have to throw the ball every play. We gotta, we gotta, we know that against New Orleans, their streak is their pass defense. They're not good against the run. You got to get physical with them, and that's where you know I don't like to get too tricky, where you lying on tricks rather than we pound the ball on people. We use our people to get up on people, double team, come off the double team, smash these guys in the mouth where we can do this anytime. This is what we do. We can't get away from being that team. And they activated Marcus Lattimore for the game. You should have went. I mean, their strength yeah. is pass defense. Um, That's right. Gary, and speaking of that, let me, let me throw these stats at you the last two weeks. So last week, um, Dak Prescott had a 77 completion percentage. Andy Dalton had an 81% completion percentage. In the last two weeks, Jonathan Gannon, Solves Zones, are turning these quarterbacks into freaking stars. Now, as we get into the playoffs, it looks like Brady and Rodgers are both going to get into the playoffs. Hoss, you you imagine what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers would do at 77 to 81% completion percentage? Come on. They will nickel and dime you. Come on. You know, these, these veteran quarterbacks, they will take that, man, and they will eat you up. You got to take some of that away. You got to go, be able to go up and play some man-to-man. Don't be so uh, conventional and, and be, uh, you know, where people can anticipate what you're doing. You can't be you that think much like predictable. That. He's definitely predictable. Come on. They knew what he was going to do. They know, look, we can get four or five yards, and we that's what we're going to do. We're going to take that. Now, they're not even looking downfield to throw the ball. They just want to establish those short throws, especially to start the game. And that's what they did on that drive. And you're just playing it into, uh, playing into it with them with, by just playing that soft zone. You know, I mean, come on. These guys are paid to be able to play man-to-man too. You can't just be so predictable. You cannot do that against a good team. You got to mix it up. And they, I mean, 
15 play, nine minutes. Come on. 9.34, actually, too, they took off on that first drive. Man. Barry, are you concerned now going into this final week against the Giants? Now, here's the setup. The Giants don't have to play their starters. However, it's a divisional game. I don't think anybody in the Giant organization thinks that that team's a Super Bowl team, but I'll tell you what they have to think. What a way, even if they don't win the Super Bowl, that could be Super Bowl A um, and an opportunity for knock the Eagles out of home field advantage and into a wild card. Mm -hmm. What a great way to end a season if they get into the playoffs and get bounced. I mean, you, you you would have really almost accomplished everything you're looking at. And Jones hasn't played bad, 3,400 yards. 800 rushing yards he's played better they're not great but yeah how do you see this weekend for the eagles this is a this is a big weekend well I'm, I'm thinking from the giants standpoint you know I, I think that they want to probably have these guys play at least a half or or you know at least a quarter or something to get some work in because they know they got a team that they cannot afford not to be sharp they got no chance against anybody if they're not playing their best football so I think that they want to do that. And uh, with Daniel Jones, you know, the big thing I got to give him credit is he doesn't throw a lot. He doesn't turn the ball over, you know. I mean, he does not look good at times, but he doesn't turn the ball over very much. And see, uh, you know, people make such a big deal about the Eagles sacks and everything. Well, look, you know what? Sacks are not as big deal. If you're not, if you're not forcing any turnovers anytime, see, if you force a turnover now, that's a big sack. But if you're not turning the ball over, you know, it's it's not as big as uh, as they make it out to be because you see stat-wise, it, you know, a, a, a team can still lose even though you've got some sacks because you see the Eagles, come on. Last two weeks, they've had plenty of sacks, but you got to get turnovers. That's why you got to be going after the ball. And I would emphasize that even more because that is going to be a key. And the Giants do not turn the ball over. So, you could wind up with a tight game. You know, I don't think it's going to be the case. I, I, the key is going to be really the Eagles and what they do because they've got so many weapons. If the quarterback drops back, a lot of times you got these guys are going to be man-to-man. You can't double all of the Eagles receivers. they got enough quality receivers where the guy that's man-to-man, you can be confident he's probably going to get open, uh, especially when you talk about, you know, uh, A.J., Devontae, and, of course, Dallas. Those – three you can't double all of those guys so if if you're gonna play zone there's gonna be somebody open and if you play man-to-man there's gonna be somebody to get the ball to that's in in one-on-one a number of the guys gonna be one-on-one and the thing you got to have the confidence in is that these guys make plays if you give them a chance even if it looks like they're covered if they're in man-to-man all year these guys have been making plays and we saw this with aj look look, look at the play he made Devontae made plays once uh, they started, he was he started getting the ball out of his. Mitchell started getting the ball out of his hands, and having the confidence, these guys are going to make plays when they're matched up man to man. Now, if the guys doubled, like what happened with that interception uh, for the touchdown, where you got, you know, you got deep help, and and you got a good corner over there. Come on, he's going to jump. He's going to try to jump the route because he knows he's got help deep. So you yep. know, you you got to know what you're doing with that. That was uh, Minshew's fault. And you can't be making those bad errors like that. You got to make good reads, and that's what that's really dependent. That's what the uh, the quarterback's got to do. He's got to read the coverage, and he's got to give uh, you know the receiver a chance to make a play.
last two questions for you here. Um, do you believe that they've got to get back to establishing Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders? Because yes, those two guys are an identity. I yep. mean, when Goddard catches the ball and he softens that zone up in that scene, yep. I mean, they're a different football team. When those guys are established, mm-hmm. it's one thing to get those. I don't think you can establish an offense, Gary, with perimeter guys. True. I think that- you you establish with tight end and the mm-hmm. run game. And yeah. I think they've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. Yeah, you know, and those that, that goes together. We know how much that goes together because once you establish you can run the ball, the tight end is going to be open. Because as a linebacker, I'll tell you, there's no way you can play the run and cover the tight end. You you can't be doing both because if you if you're covering the tight end, you're worried about that so much. You can't play run defense the way you want to. You a, a linebacker cannot be attacking the line of scrimmage if you're worried about the tight end. You you're really either choosing one or the other, and that's why you know what you're saying about establishing those two. I think is is very very true. And if they're not in the game plan. See, then you you just you just throw you just pass happy, and you're not relying on your toughness, uh, the things that you always can go to. That's why early on, man, I do not like when you get too far away from that, because there's going to come a point where you got to go back to that. You got to be able to say we can run the ball on these guys. We are taking this yardage. We don't care what they get in. We're taking this yardage, and you got to let your offensive lineman look. We are dependent on you guys because we might have to go back to you. So we don't ever want to get too far away from that. And I, I, I just, uh, you know, that's why earlier in the year, I mean, I do not like getting away from that. The Eagles have that. Don't ever let these guys get away from that. Because if you can run the ball and, and, and play muscle and, and, and physical ball with people, then they, can, they can't take that away. They cannot Harry, take that away. Final question for you. Um, it looks like um... – that Jalen Hurts, from what I'm understanding, is going to get another MRI today. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lane Johnson, Josh Sweat now, Avante Maddox, CJ, we still don't know anything on. Yeah. Your guys are banged up right now going in. Are you concerned now that the Eagles, one, are not playing their best ball going into the stretch run here and all the things that they prevented at the early part of the season – with injuries, they're now catching up with them because this is not the same team we saw in September. That's right. I mean, Guys are missing now. Are you yes. concerned heading into the playoffs here? Uh, well, I'm concerned right now. I, I want to see what I'm talking about. I want to see them get to a physical football. I want I want them to go to that. Uh, I want them to establish that to where everybody knows. Look, you're gonna play the Eagles. You better you better put your you better buckle up your helmet because we are going to come out and we're going to try to punish you. Once you do that, now all the other stuff will flourish. But you got to make sure you don't get away from that. And, and the defense has got to have that mentality now. Defensively, you got to give New Orleans credit. Look, they come out and play man-to-man. Now, yeah. we're not good enough to play man-to-man, but they can play man-to-man. I, I, I refuse to say we got to sit in a soft zone all the time. Come on, we cannot Gary, do that. Gary, that's such a great point. I, everyone tells me every day we have the two best corners in the NFL. Then yeah. why are we playing zone? That's right. What I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Come on. Uh, again, what I'm talking about is, you know, you got to challenge your players. We got to be able to play man-to-man, fellas. We, just like I go to my line, I'm telling my offensive line, look, I don't care who lines up over there. We're running the ball on these guys. Same way defensively. 
You lock down your guy. Everybody's going to be a man to man. You just do your job, lock down your guy because you don't have to cover them forever because if you're a man to man and and you get pressure on the quarterback, the quarterback's got to do something. You know, they got to get rid of the ball. And and then there're going to be some incompletions. But if you're just going to let them have a soft zone and they just take the short throws, they're going to have a high completion percentage. And 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 and, and you know, I don't think they teach how to play the, the zone. I don't think they go do a good job of teaching it because you got to play too wide open. The, you got to play the, man, the man in the areas open. That's right. It's got to be like man in the zone. When it, when the guy's in your area, you got to be over him. You don't want to just be standing there and let him catch the ball. Is that TJ's fault, Gary, and the linebackers not dropping to proper depth? Or is that is that something in the scheme? I, I think it's the scheme. It's the way they teach it. Now, see, I, I, I've been taught to where, you know, uh, I, I know you can do where you just drop to an area. But, no, you can't play that in the NFL. The quarterback's too good. You got to lock down the guy that's in your zone. You got to be on him so he can't catch the ball. Meaning, like, if he's in your zone, you got to be all over him. So it's man in the zone. It's not just a plain zone defense because that is too easy for the quality of quarterbacks in the NFL. They will eat you up. And that's what they have done. You got to be tighter on your man. You can't just be loose. Just he's, I'm in his, I'm in the area. So if he's in my area, then, you know, I'm going to be kind of near him. No, when he's in your area, you are man to man on him. You got to be in a position and knock the ball down, and not let him just catch the ball. They got to play that better than that. And and, uh, and being that they can't, they can't seem like they just can't play zone well enough. Then you got to play man to man. You can't, you don't just concede yardage and concede first downs. You can't Amen. play that kind of a game. And especially like you said, if they're they're dealing with Brady and and and, and um and, and the Packers and stuff. I mean, come on. Gary, great stuff as always, man. Hope you had a great holiday. Thank you, my friend. It should be a very interesting weekend. They, they better get ready to fight, boy. They no, better I'm get telling ready to you, fight. they better put their boxing gloves on this week because they're right. going to need to. Gary, thank you, my friend. All right, have a great one. You got it, Gary Cobb. That is such a great point that Gary just made. You don't have the best corners in the league. The best corners in the league play man coverage. They don't play zone coverage. That is so correct. That is the most overrated part of the conversation about the Eagles. If you're why do you, why does Jonathan Gannon concede man coverage? He concedes it. He concedes it. That is one of the best comments made all year long about the Gannon defense. These high percentage completion percentages. Dude, it doesn't it doesn't mean shit against shitty quarterbacks and bad teams. In the postseason, I'm telling you, man, this Philadelphia team is built for one and done. It's built for one and done. You think you're going to allow Brady to go 90%, 80% completion percentage on you, and you're going to beat Brady at 80% completion percentage? Really? Who in their right skull would say that? You think you're going to beat Tom Brady, and some would say, Seals will do a better job on Brady. You couldn't cover Andy Dalton. He was 81%. TK goes, regular season doesn't matter when you haven't played anyone. Uh, That's what I've been saying all year. Compiling stats against shit teams, overrated teams, and awful quarterback play. Andy Dalton. 
Holy cow. Dak was 77% completion percentage. Any guy you play that has any understanding of offensive passing, he annihilates them. Jonathan Gannon, dude, he, he did a good job against. He didn't do that great a job. Let me see. How did he do against um, Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers' stats. How did he do it? He had a 96 quarterback rating. They had two picks. But that's... Dak Prescott's stats. Dak had 124 completion percentage. Or 124% quarterback rating. Holy cow. (laughs) Brady will carve your ass up. Playing the way you're playing. Struggling against Tyler Heineke and Zach Paschal. Sounds like you're on your A game here. Hey, Big Sales, you have been warming us up for a while. Now we are facing the consequences due to bad coaching. Ed. Jalen Hurts is by far the most important person on the sideline. Those coaches were exposed. Eagle goes, talk about the positives. They played better in the second half. The coaches on the offensive side, they they still didn't have a game plan. They panicked. The Eagle coaches panicked. I thought the defense played better in the second half. Hey, when you came out of halftime, I thought they were going to start establishing the run. Got away from it again. Got away from it. The good? The receivers look good. They look good. No, no, Eagle, he had 124 quarterback rating. Excuse me. (laughs) Dude, so look at this. True, we are number one pass defense. We're going to be fine. You have the number one pass defense and you don't play man. How's that possible? You're going to play zone coverage against Mike Evans. Right? CD Lamb ate you alive. Ate you alive. Oh, man. Dude, how can you have the best corners when you're afraid to play man? Hey, hey, can, answer me this. Because Jonathan Gannon believes in his system. You know what his system is? I'm convinced of this. He thinks your quarterback's going to make – what? what's this? Here's the Jonathan Gannon system. Why it worked all year. Shitty quarterbacks are going to make a bad play somewhere in the drive. Okay? Somewhere in the drive, a shitty quarterback is going to make a bad throw, three and out, fumble. Gannon, he's just buying his time. The good ones, though, this is why he struggles against the good ones. 
the good ones have an amazing completion percentage against him. Last year, it was off the charts. This year, any guy who knows how to throw the ball has an amazing game. I, I, I thought Andy Dalton was going to the Pro Bowl. 13 of 13. Yeah. Look at, look, look at Benson. He wants to blame Minshew for the entire thing. Your dumbass offensive coaches put him in a bad position the whole game. Saints give up 135 yards rushing on the ground. They're 25th in run defense. And you throw the ball? Brilliant. Brilliant. It's like getting into a fight with, with you're, 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 you're a, you, you throw haymakers. And you know the guy can't take a big power punch. And you jab with him. You're going to lose. You're not a jabber. Okay? You're not. You're a power puncher. And he can't take a power punch. But you don't throw the power punch and you just jab with him. You're setting yourself up for failure. The Eagles the last three weeks have set themselves up for failure. Cowboy game, Bears game, Saints game. It's it's written all over the wall. And not Hey, and Jalen Hurts not being there exposes it. It exposes it. Totally exposes it. Now, here's your dilemma, though. I think they ran Jalen into the ground. I think they wore his ass out. I do. I think that player. Did, follow me back and do me, do me a favor. Go back to that Chicago game. Remember I said this last week? Boy, I'll tell you what, man. That Bear game. That's the most I've seen Jalen Hurts hit by big dudes, linebackers, defensive linemen. He was getting hit by big dudes. Earlier in the year, it was more like safeties, corners, guys his size, where he had the physical advantage. The guy in Chicago was a D lineman that landed on him. How many times have we seen that all year? Not often. They've run Jalen Hurts into the ground. Now they got to play the kid. And here, now you're going to play the kid with less talent around him. And you're going, what? They got two 1,000 yard receivers. Well, Goddard's coming off injury. I think he's going to be fine. <laughs> you don't have Lane Johnson in the room. I don't know why you don't run your back. There's something weird about that. I think Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni struggle at implementing Miles Sanders in the run ta- running attack. Dude, he's, I don't know why they get away from that. You've got a Pro Bowl running back behind you. How many yards does he have this year? you got a Pro Bowl back behind you. And you refuse to establish him. Why? Miles Sanders' stats. Why are you refusing to establish him? Miles Sanders has 1,236 yards and 11 touchdowns. And you ran him twice in the first half against the Saints with a backup quarterback against a team that can't stop the run. 
it, I, I, I cannot. There's somebody meddling in this. Every single person that is watching us right now, I would trust you with a game plan more than I would do Shane Steichen right now because that makes no sense. You did it in Chicago. You did it in the Cowboy game, and you surely did it in the Saints game. What is the problem on establishing the run versus teams that can't stop the run? Why are they not seeing this? Has to be just somebody is in the room saying something because common sense would tell you. Common sense. I don't get it. I mean, I, I don't get it. We only run the ball in RPO. They don't know how to implement a standard run game. Digital. I can't say you're wrong. I agree. We still ran and won. Jalen is fine. Where'd you win? I missed that game. In the last month, you've sucked. The Niners are a better football team than you right now. That's not a debate. The Niners are a better team. Cowboys are not. But the Niners are. The Bills are. The Bengals are. They're better than you. Okay? Cowboy, Xander's right. Cowboys are playing better. Hey, and most importantly... Most importantly, they have the tiebreaker over you. God, who would have thought at the end of the day, the Eagles could be the wild card? How come Miles Sanders doesn't have 275 carries? How come he doesn't have 275 carries? How come Jalen Hurts has 156 carries? I told you this stat before. Do you know when Jalen went out, he was only 45 carries away from being the top guy with carries on the Eagles? He's 40 carries away from Miles. I thought we were trying to get away from that shit. The running him more in the RPOs has led to this decision here in where you are. You know what the problem with the Eagles is right now? It's not that you're not good. I think you guys are a good football team and can win a Super Bowl. I totally do. When healthy. But you know what they've done? They've allowed that RPO system, and they did not manage the quarterback and put him on a pitch count. They didn't care about him getting hit. They didn't care about the amount of mileage that's been put on him. They didn't care about how many times those little quarterback sneaks and all that shit eventually caught up with it. This is the NFL. Remember I told you this at the beginning of the year. Remember I said this? Here's the NFL. Here's the NFL. What's up, Stills, what are you doing? Let's pretend this is a hammer and this is a nail. 
not hitting it very hard. Over 18 weeks on your knee, ankle, back, shoulder. How do you think that thing feels? 18 weeks of it, practicing nonstop. RPO, dual threat. Never stops. You start hearing it after a while. When you're sleeping. I'm not even hitting it hard. After 18 weeks though, what happens? The head of the nail falls off. It's only a matter of time. And they did, here, let me go back to a comment I made about Josh Allen in the Bear game. Can I tell you, here, so you, so you guys know, you know that I'm very tight with Ken Dorsey, the old coordinator of the Bills, right? You know I'm tight with him. I asked him, did you see the game plan that the Eagles put together for the Bears? He goes, yeah, we were not going to do that to our guy. I was like, what do you mean? I knew what he meant. I wanted Ken to say it. He goes, I'm just saying, why are you running that guy against a team that can't stop the run? We ran the ball for 238 yards. Josh didn't do any of the – he wasn't anything part of that. I think he threw for 152 yards in that game. And they went like this. Well, our guy's not going to get beat up like that. And they crushed him. They put 35 on him. The Bills don't run the ball. They had 250 running almost. But our guys ran Jalen. You know why? They're not protecting their quarterback or their guy. Because he's the system. Every time Nick Sirianni got in front of a press conference, we tell him, if it's not their run, that's not a game plan. That's not a game plan. Dude, Jalen Hurts is missing seeding games. Whatever you say about what I'm, what I'm saying to you right now, at least let's agree on this. He's missing games right now that are closeout games and important games in seeding and in health. The Eagles have lost their health right now. Because guess why? That bye week doesn't matter anymore. Home field does. Because you know why? You thought you were going to rest your guys, and the Eagles got ahead of themselves. They thought they were going to rest their guys in the final game of the year. Now guess what? You thought you were going to get two extra weeks. You're only going to get the one week everyone else gets. You got to play all your starters in the final game of the year. You got to play all your starters. You better hope no one else gets hurt. No one's significant, too. (laughs) You better hope, man. You better hope. All right. DeMar Hamlin, I want to talk a little bit about that, too. Hopefully, we're going to be able to catch up with Dr. Uh, Bruce Grossinger to get his thoughts on the injury. Also, Josh Sweat, I'd love to get his thoughts on that Lane's injury. And again, how you have to protect some of these guys, especially a shoulder injury like Jalen Hurts's. Hopefully we can connect. Um, I want to reset. I want to hit on some things from last night's game. Also, the New York Giants. How important 
Is it to reestablish your attitude this weekend? I think the Eagles have lost their identity. I'll explain. Please hit the like button. Hour three. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
Coach the team, Nick. Coach the team. You know what you got going on here? You got too many front office people in these coaches' ears telling them what the hell to do. This is the same bullshit that goes on yearly with this organization. The only reason that you were able to win the Super Bowl in 17 is because you had strong-willed coaches in the room. And that's why Doug got fired. Doug stood up for himself. Nick doesn't. Get out of here. Man, you have too many decision makers making decisions. You look like the Cowboys right now. You look like the Dallas Cowboys. Sills, this will change when Jalen gets in there. Thank God. Dude, Jalen Hurts. I'm going to concede this. Jalen Hurts. Dude, if you didn't have Jalen Hurts, you'd be the Packers. Seven and eight or eight and eight, whatever it is. Dude, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think Nick Sirianni, I think he is great in front of a microphone. Okay, he tells the media what they kind of want to hear. And what's sad is that nobody in Philly has the balls to call these people out. Why are you running the kids so much? Ask yourself this. Jalen Hurts was on pace for 200 carries this year. You had two 1,000-yard receivers. Why are you running him? And you know dual threat does They think this guy's Iron Man. He's not. Nobody is indestructible because it's not sustainable. You know this. Dude, you got... And some would go, Sills, how do you know how he's involved in this? Well, all you got to do is stand outside of any locker room when Howie feels like he wants to pump his chest because there he is welcoming the team in after wins, patting everyone on the back, including the coach. I've never seen that before. You mean to tell me, Howie, you couldn't wait until the players got into the locker room? You had to have the media see you outside the locker room so everybody could take photo op pictures of you? Letting everyone know that you were the guys that brought in Joseph and Sue? Jesus, criminy guy. I mean, hey, I have an ego, but this guy is way over the top. I mean, even Jerry Jones waits inside the locker room. Even he waits in there. And you're going to try to tell me you don't think he's in the room there when they're putting a game plan together. I don't care what Howie Roseman thinks. Howie, dude, they beat the Eagles with a wing T. They ran that shit back at Sammy Ball's day. You guys don't even know who Sammy Ball is. That guy's ego is insane. Insane. Just a reset. Damar Hamlin. Haven't heard anything latest, but I know he's on a respirator. 
and he's still fighting for his life. Doctors in Cincinnati are saying, hey, keep praying because he could have a stroke, catch pneumonia. He's still in critical condition right now. He is not through this. All prayers, again, um, praying, you can never do enough of it. My book, Praying, it's reassuring, it's comforting, and you put someone like that in your mind and in your soul. It's the best of America. As I said in hour one, first responders that were there um, on the scene, saving his life, giving him mouth-to-mouth, man, uncommon valor, saving a life. You know, you think about the jobs in the world. Can you imagine having and how you feel about yourself when you go to bed at night? When you're giving someone mouth-to-mouth who's struggling to live and you're restarting their heart on the 40-yard line in front of players crying, men, tough people, toughest people you'll ever know, weeping openly. That's what the touching thing was last night. These men are some of the toughest people you'll ever know. Open weeping. When you, when I saw the open weeping and how those guys were acting, I it, it broke me. The league not having a plan or a contingency plan. Idiots like Nick Wright and Skip Bayless not understanding because you know why they're witnesses. They're witnesses in the arena. Those doctors and first responders are in the arena saving lives, putting your life on the line. You know, as a player, you never think about putting your life on the line. And you know what it kind of does? It gives you the reality as a player, Jesus, man. It's the one thing, you know how you always do this when you're in a NASCAR race? You know, if you make that one wrong turn, you can beat Dale Earnhardt or what have you. It it, it puts it into focus, doesn't it? Most players don't want to be reminded of it, that it could kill you or paralyze you, turn you into a vegetable. The league doesn't want you to know that too. This is the worst thing for the league. Actually, knowing the league and Park Avenue, they probably love the attention, hate the situation. I would say that's fair because that's how they've acted for 100 years. They hate the situation, love the attention. I hate to be direct with you like this, but I told you weeks ago, When we were talking about Tua and Tuka Viola's situation this year, two things awful happened to the NFL. Tua and DeMar Hamlin. But no one in the league, there'll be more viewers for it. I think one day, 
if somebody can figure out how to monetize it, they'll have public executions on pay-per-view. They could monetize it and somehow figure it out. The government would do it. I don't know. I just, it's how people act today. People love train wrecks. No plan. Been around 100 years. The most the most violent sport in America, and there's no plan. I think the NFL handled You got a scribe telling me that they think the NFL handled it well. Bro, did you not know something was wrong when first responders were giving the kid mouth to mouth? Did you not think there was something wrong that he was fighting for his life? And Allen and Burrow were weeping. You didn't think something like, maybe we should stop this thing. Jesus, gravity, man. I would hope if you were in a heavyweight fight and you knocked the guy down and he was having convulsions, you'd stop the fight. Wouldn't you in a ring stop the fight? If a guy got knocked down in a ring and he was having convulsions and wasn't breathing, would you continue the fight? Or would you stop it? Shit, I give the boxing refs more kudos than the league. At least the referees in a boxing match would have stopped the fight. Uh, but nothing like a good tragedy for the league to promote. They're good at that. I was so happy to see the brotherhood, though circle around him and all the players. There was one team there and they were just looking out for DeMar Hamlin's health and his happiness. Can you imagine having your mother watch that? Early before the game, she went over, took a picture with his mom. She came to watch her son play, played at Pitt. Then you're watching your baby on the floor. Stop breathing. My daughter looked over at me. Dad, I go, yeah. Then what you do is this. If you're Joe Buck or ESPN, we'll be back in a minute. Got to sell some commercial spots. It's like during the pandemic. All them cable stations putting up the death toll and everything and making money off of the pandemic. They probably hated it that it ended. Got a really creepy society in some places. Let's get into the game again. Establishing and reestablishing this eagle identity. So let me ask you, man. Doesn't seem like a lot of you guys are concerned about this weekend. Are you concerned about the Giants this weekend or no? Yes. No? Are you concerned? Yale says no. Rick says I am. 
Rick, why are, why, why are you a little concerned? Gaming says, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, concerned about Eagles coming to play. Wow, big picking. Niner says, easy win for the Eagles. No, I have faith in Jalen. Look at what Big Pickens says here. Xander, if you could put that up there for me. He's worried about the Eagles coming to play? That's what Barrett Brooks was talking about today on Sports Take. Are we here going into the 18th or 17th game of the NFL season, week 18, and we're worried about the Eagles if they're going to show up and play? Boy, is that a major concern. Man. You're worried about your team showing up? For a good half, they didn't show up against the Saints. I, I, I keep hearing people go, well, Sills, they only gave up 13 points defensively. Well, that's really all they needed anyway. The pick six was just basically, you know, it, it, it was it was just, you know, the cherry on top there that closed it up for sure. After the 15-play drive, I never thought the Eagles were going to win that game. They went 15 plays, 934 off the clock in the first quarter. I said, this is going to be a rough one, and I don't believe Philly wins the game. I did not believe because again, when I started watching the three and outs, hey, what was did when did the Eagles get their first first down? Was it in the second quarter? Was it in the second quarter? I said this thing, no way. Because the Eagles turned it into a fourth quarter ball game. How do you get back that identity that you had when you beat up on the Minnesota Vikings? Beat them up. How do you get that back? How do you think? Just get up and do this. I don't care if the 85 Bears are there. I don't care if the 96 or 95 Cowboys are there. I don't care if Brady's Patriots are there. We're going to go out and beat the living shit out of whoever's in front of us, and I don't care what it takes. They've gotten away from that. They've become a finesse team. Yeah. How many yards you guys run the ball for? There. How many how many yards did you guys run for? Did you guys run for 100 yards in that game? I don't think you did. Right? Run the damn ball, man. Arthur says Jalen plays easy win without Lane, really? Can I tell you what I think happens in this game against the Giants? They're going to be afraid to establish the run because Jalen's in the game. And the Giants are going to go and they're going to isolate on Miles Sanders. And they're going to refuse to run Jalen Hurts because of the shoulder. And Jalen's not going to be running. And they're going to play man coverage. And they're going to rush the passer. And you don't have lane. 
Remember how you killed the Washington Commanders in the first game of the year? And then in the second game, Washington took it to you. The only reason that it doesn't play out in the Giants' favor, I would have picked the Giants to beat the Eagles this weekend if the Giants had to play to win. I would have picked them. You can't beat the Saints. Giants are playing pretty decent ball right now. They don't turn the ball over. And they would have got a second look at you. I would have picked the Giants. But since the Giants can't improve their seating in the playoffs, I think if the Giants are ahead, they'll try to win the game in the second half. If they're behind, they won't. Because it won't matter. But if they're ahead, they'll try to win it. And I would think this, too, from Brian Dable. Brian Dable and the organization has to know that team's not going anywhere in the postseason. They have to know that. But beating the Eagles going into the postseason, getting into the playoffs, putting up a good fight would be a heck of a season for a team that I didn't think could win four games this year. And a quarterback who I thought was trash, he's not great, but he's having a decent year where he, they're at least going to have to think on bringing him back. 3,400 passing yards, 800 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns, 16 passing touchdowns. I don't know. That's not a bad year under Brian Dable in his first year. That's not bad. And by the way, is it 14 and a half? I may have to take that. I'm not a betting man. 14 and a half against that football team. That may not show up to play. I don't know if the Eagles show up. Shit, what, what? Hey, hey, you know, you know what's crazy? What Eagle fans are saying right now? Sills, got, they're going to show up because you know why? This is for home field. Well, what happened in the Saints game? That was also for home field. What happened there? Oh, Jalen's playing. Oh, so Jalen's the light switch. I don't see it. I don't see it. And has he been cleared? Has he been cleared to play? Had another MRI today. Interesting. This guy's more hurt than you think. Another MRI? So they're not sure. If they lose, the fans will boo him. Hey, you're 13 and 4. How could you boot 13 and four? Because that ain't the 2017 team. Because let me tell you the difference between the 2017 team and the 2022 team. I said it last week and I'll say it again. That 2017 team took no prisoners. They had an attitude about them where they were junkyard dogs and they were going to fight you, bite you, kick you, scratch you. Pick up a chair if they had to. This team is a finesse team. And you know what sucks about it? They didn't start off as a finesse team. They're a finesse team now. They believe in establishing the pass. You have. Can you believe that? The Philadelphia Eagle coaching staff believes in establishing the passing game first now versus what made that RPO system great. Throwing the ball. Started in Chicago. 
I'll tell you what, man. 2022 Eagle team doesn't scare me. 2017 team, I'll tell you, man. I used to tell you guys this when I first came on the air. And I started talking to a lot of people in Philly. Dude, the thing that I loved about that 17 team, they kicked your ass on both lines. It's the best combination of lines since the Cowboy guys. Back with Jimmy Johnson's guys. Dude, they beat the hell out of you. They beat you up. They were a nasty group of dudes. They played like it. I don't know. It's like a lot. See that Eagle defense? It's a lot of shit by committee, isn't it? It's a lot of shit by committee. I think some of them numbers are frauds. How in the world can you have the best corners when you are afraid to play man coverage? It's got to be the quote of the year. This guy, Jonathan Gannon, refuses to play man coverage. Refuses. Refuse. You, you have the best corners in the NFL. And you don't utilize it. Sanders said something too. Sirianni's too buddy-buddy with his players. Yeah, it's easy to be buddy-buddy when you're 13-1. and one. All of a sudden, you start losing some ball games. They start looking for leadership. See, players want to be coached. They want to be led. Tony Dungy told me a, a great, great philosophy years and years ago. Don't ever get too high. See, this is, this is Sirianni here, and this is anti-Tony Dungy. I go, Coach, how'd you, how'd you be so successful? He goes, never when things are going great, get too high, and when things are low, get too low. Players want to see an even-keeled dude on the sideline they want to know they players want to see confidence. They won't don't want to see emotion. They play with emotion. You can't have your coaching staff in the stands doing the wave. You got a coach doing the wave. Who does that shit? You want to have, dude, you know who the even kill guy is? The quarterback. Dude, I mean it. Jalen Hurts, as a leader on your football team, is the most important thing he brings to the huddle besides his work ethic and the ability that has made him a better player this year. There is no question. He is the heart and soul of that team. He is totally the heart and soul. The coaches are inexperienced. They're too emotional. They panic. And they have no patience. Watch this. Sales. We're, we're 13 and three. Yeah, because of that kid, number one. What's Nick Sirianni's record, let's see, without Jalen Hurts this year? Hmm. Let's think about that. Was he one and two? No. He's 0 and two. Right? Without Jalen, he's 0-2. Interesting. Without Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni's 0-2. 
MVP race. Let's take a look at these guys. Jesus, criminy. I just realized that he's 0-2 without the guy on the field. Jalen Hurts got better. The coaching staff didn't. Hey, did here? here's where Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen get the love from the national nobodies who just read box scores. They did put the RPO. Get this. You want to hear where we're where, – here's the good and bad with the offensive coaches. Here's the good and bad. The good is they put an RPO system around a kid who utilizes strengths. Completely true. But they didn't know how to manage him. They didn't know how to manage Hurts. Dude, a loss is okay as long as I don't lose my quarterback. I would have much rather have lost the Chicago game, bitched about it for a week, turn around and beat the Cowboys, then close up the shop against the Saints, sit my guy, we're ready to rock. How come you didn't see that either? So what we lose, dude, after he got hit in that Chicago game, they should have taken his ass out. They should have taken him out. They don't know how to manage the RPO dual threat quarterback. It's funny, you know, I say that uh, Jalen Hurts is not sustainable, the style of play he has. The coaching staff in Philadelphia doesn't know how to manage that style either. People in Buffalo were appalled that they were running Jalen Hurts 17, 18 times in that game against a three-win Chicago team that can't run the can't stop the run. He threw the ball 70 or 37 times in that game. 37 times plus the so get this. So this is what you set Jalen up for. Let's just say this. They got the game, they won the game. They threw the ball 37 times. He had 54 hits. Well, because in the pocket, you probably don't get it. He probably got hit 35 times in that game. They didn't manage him. Dude, you're going to get worn out. That kid won't play past five years. Absolutely ridiculous. The record's... Look, 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 look at this. The Eagles are 13-3, and three, and they're the worst 13-3 and three team in the league. Not playing better than San Francisco. San Francisco's getting healthier. They're getting all their dudes back. Debo's back. McCaffrey has been healthy. Unbelievable. Kittle's healthy. Bose is playing off the chain. Hey, Fred Warner, I'll tell you something, man. That kid can get after people. He is some linebacker. MVP race. I put Nick Boza at number 10. I think he's the most destructive defensive football player in the NFL right now. He's a game changer. The guy in Dallas... Hey, in my opinion, the guy in Philly's outplaying him as a pass rusher. Hassan Reddick is outplaying him. He's completely outplaying him. Number nine, I got Tyree Kill. I don't think the, the Patriots are going to make it to the postseason. 
because they got to play Buffalo this weekend. Buffalo has to win because of what happened last night. So um, he's going to have historic numbers, though. Number eight, I got Justin Jefferson sitting there at number eight. Um, I think he's having a spectacular year. Got shut down a little bit, though. Number seven, this is going to shock you here. By the way, we're hoping to catch up with Dr. Bruce Grossinger from the postgame show and get his thoughts on the injury last night that we saw to DeMar Hamlin and a little bit on Lane and also on Jalen. We'll get some conversation. Hopefully we're able to catch up with him too. So that's going to be coming up in a couple minutes here. I got Trevor Lawrence at number seven. What a fabulous, Hey, Doug, Doug Peterson has worked miracles with him this year. Dude, Doug's the coach. Doug Peterson is the coach of the year. If Doug Peterson I'm going to say it. Howie Roseman firing Doug Peterson is an absolutely awful move. You heard it. It was a mistake to fire Doug Peterson. Doug's going to win the NFL Coach of the Year award. Turn Trevor Lawrence back into a franchise quarterback. And if you would have had an experienced coaching staff on this team, the Eagles would never lose a game. Facts. Facts. How he fired a coach of the year. He did. There's no getting around it. You fired a coach you had a problem with because of power struggle. And now you got a yes man as your coach. Am I wrong? Doug Peterson's done a better job turning around that nightmare that Urban Meyer put together and turning it into a playoff team with lesser talent. You imagine if Doug had this talent? He'd be undefeated. Jalen wouldn't be beat up. Minshew would have had a game plan that would have won. You know why? They know how to deal with backup quarterbacks. You won a Super Bowl with one. How could you let that experience walk out the building? How could you let a coach walk out the building that knew how to deal with starters and backups, put game plans together because of your ego and you wanted to be more in charge? Howie, you didn't win that Super Bowl. Doug Peterson did. Howie's an administrator, a.k.a. a CPA. Doug Peterson is a coach. Doug Peterson knows how to motivate, appropriate, and administrate 
There's no denying it now. No denying it. Forte goes four wins. Yeah, well, when you have a general manager fixing and rigging games at the end of the year, makes it kind of hard when your general manager is undermining you and sabotaging your team. I'm more convinced of it now that Howie Roseman sabotaged that team at the end. Sitting starters, not trying to win a game. Players on the bench going, go back and watch the end of that game and watch Jason Kelsey on the bench when they yanked everyone out because they wanted to get a look at Nate Sudfeld. Is it Nate or Nate? I don't know. This is turning out to be – so wait a minute now. So Andy Reid's a better coach in Kansas City. Doug Peterson's going to be the coach of the year. Interesting. So a coach of the year gets fired in Philly and a coach who's going to be a Hall of Famer expands his resume in Kansas City. Hmm. Sounds like ego to me. No denying what Doug's doing. There's no denying it. All right. Listen. Our 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 hearts fell last night, and I can't tell you how many people were um texting me last night. Tony Casillas and uh, Seth Joyner last night, we were all talking about DeMar Hamlin and what the doctors are doing. And I'll tell you this, man, having a doctor and having a staff and the first responders there on that field last night was the best of America. They saved his life on the 40-yard line, giving CPR as a player and all those guys watching that. That's the best of America watching those doctors were both the Bengals and the Bills saving the kid's life. There was no team. It was one team. Let's bring in Dr. Bruce Grossinger here. He's on our post-game show. And Dr. Grossinger, that, that to me last night was the best of what America is and what you guys do when it comes to protecting players and injuries when you notice it and see it right away. I mean – they saved his life last night, didn't they? And the care they gave them before they sent him to the emergency room. I have no doubt that they did save his life. If they did not perform CPR, if they did not perform on-field defibrillation, if they did not support his airway, immediately sent him via ambulance to the University of Cincinnati and give him the best of care, including putting him in a relative fetal barb coma, to control his vitals, he would have expired. And I referenced somebody who was not as lucky. Coach Mike Leach had slightly different pathology, also had a massive heart attack, but was at his home for minutes or hours. He didn't have a chance. And when he when when Mike Leach went to the hospital, it was over. He was he was brain dead when he arrived. 
Right now, we have a limited amount of data, but as a neurologist who presides over end of life, who's unfortunately very familiar with hypoxic and anoxic post-arrest coma and the intricate treatment therein, I would feel I'm in a good position to answer some of your questions and the viewers' questions at this late hour in your show. Let's do this. Did they give him a tracheotomy, you think, on the field there to clear the passage? Do you think they did that? And and because you saw the players when uh, I saw one of them say there's a ton of blood. I mean, I was do you think that they did that just to get him more oxygen? Because and, and explain this to me too, if you can, is the amount of time that he was out a factor in his recovery coming back when we're talking about neurological stuff? I'll answer your second question first. The amount of time was crucial. It was everything. And oftentimes, on average, an average person could tolerate three minutes of relative hypoxia, where the heart is not pumping oxygenated blood to the brain. However, in the case of Mr. Hamlin, we have a 24-year-old elite athlete in the peak of health whose mitochondria and whose system is at the highest level of performance. And we can infer that Mr. Hamlin could tolerate longer. So nobody knows that. If indeed they got to him quickly, it all has to do with when sinus rhythm was restored. He presumably was in ventricular tachycardia or V-fibrillation, two agonal rhythms that are insufficient for allowing people to live. So yes, that amount of hypoxia is crucial. Whether or not a, uh, a tube was placed with or without a cutdown is really immaterial. We know a tube was placed in a timely fashion. As to the blood on the scene, I wasn't there. I, I don't want to speculate. As, but I think the crucial issue now is where he's at. What is his neurological exam? They're starting to light him up. There's no need to sedate him anymore. And what they're doing is they're examining him. They're seeing if he has any signs of life, if he's aware of his environment. So as a neurologist, the, the critical threshold between life and death, really, is the awareness of the environment. So if he shows any ability to withdraw in a purposeful fashion to pain, if he could withdraw not in a decerebrate or spinal cord fashion, but instead a fashion showing that the brain is reacting to the environment, that is the key threshold. And if DeMar Hamlin can react to his environment and he can perceive his environment, he can start to recover. And if he cannot, or if, his, if he's lost brainstem function, pupillary function, the ability to a respiratory drive, there's no doubt he's going to be subject to an EEG, electroencephalography, to see if there are any brain rhythms. And if in the worst case scenario, there's no sign of life, there's no brainstem function, and he has a flat EEG. At that point, unfortunately, as a doctor, they would, the next step would be an apnea test to see whether he has the ability to sustain respiration. And these cells are located in the medulla, the very bottom of the brainstem. And if he, he cannot, using Harvard criteria with respect to brain, unfortunately, in the worst case scenario, let me say this is all hypothetical, he would be declared, as Mike Leach was, not, not being alive, and he'd be declared expired. 
in, in practicality, Mr. Cilio, having dealt with so many of these, there's no rush, all right? This is an incredible shot to the family, to the world, to the team. There's no rush. So it's presiding over these matters as a neurologist, as a chief of neurology for 30 plus years, what I'll do, even if I think the patient is not alive, much like Mike Leach, Mike Leach, they kept it on for another day, if you recall. And they didn't declare him until they were able to fly the family in. While he was still, quote, alive, uh, whatever that means, he hadn't been declared. And they let the family spend time with him at his bedside. They let the family assimilate the seriousness of the deceased. Now, I'm hoping that isn't the case. But we know nothing more than what was, I guess, Ian Rappaport put out something a, a couple hours ago from a close friend of his. And that didn't tell us much. It just said that he's sleeping, that he has been intubated. His vitals are stable. Now, that's good and bad. The good news is that he have a restoration of sinus rhythm. Apparently, with the ventilator, He's oxygenating well, probably over 90%. But the, the key question is, what's going on with the brain? Did the brain suffer necrosis, anoxia, critical enough that he won't wake up again and could be in a coma? Or is he having, or his neurons bouncing back? You have billions of neurons. Being a young guy, if I see, at this point, if I see anything encouraging, even brainstem reflexes, pupillary reflexes. If I take a neural hammer and, and I put pressure on his sternum, and if I see a purposeful withdrawal, withdrawal, that's a um, primitive response, but it tells me there's some cortical neurons functioning. Now, again, phenobarb has a long half-life, so we have to be very careful to not misinterpret the effects of sedation as being low cortical function. Yale's got a question here, but I want to ask you something, Doc. I've never seen this before as a player. I first thought it was a head trauma injury, and I had never seen a blunt injury like that to the chest where the amount of force gave him and basically gave him a heart attack. Am I right? Is that is that fair in how you how I'm describing it? Because I've We've all been hit with helmets in the chest like that. And when you're at that level, these are train wrecks. But I've never seen a player go down like that. And you knew something immediately was wrong. But concussions, you're wobbling around. Um, have you ever seen anything like that before? Yes. Um, and I'll give you a reference. There's a diagnosis which is called commotio cordis. I'll spell that. Any, all the listeners, uh, viewers could, could Google it. It's C-O-M-M-O-T-I-O Cordis, C-O-R-D-I-S. And that's usually seen in 10 to 15-year-old baseball players, the male uh, boys. And what happens is uh, they get hit with a, with a baseball moving at 90 miles an hour. Strikes right at the chest. It causes often fatal arrhythmias where... The, the, the heart goes from a normal sinus rhythm to a ventricular fibrillation. And now, because of a guy that we all know here at Philly, Hank Gathers, who had a Marfan syndrome, a cardiomyopathy, died of sudden death. And my good friend, Bo Kimball, as you know, Bo Kimball Foundation, 
getting into basketball. That's why we're rover sports. We could row from basketball to football. You can too. <laughs> and so here in Philly, Hank Gathers, his death prompted defibrillators everywhere. In every country club, in every golf course, in every basketball arena, and certainly at uh, the Cincinnati football field. And that, and Hank Gathers, and Bo Kibble, who is a great player, a good friend of mine, and, and a, his foundation. So I believe he didn't have a heart attack per se. They use the word cardiac arrest now. And I'm getting into detail. There's something called a myocardial infarction, where the heart, because of usually coronary artery disease, like Mike Leach is a perfect example, or our friend uh, Tony, you know, who, who, who expired in the last year, Tony Siragusa the Goose, he had a massive heart attack. So the pathology is different. This is a heart gets jolted, usually right after the, there's QRS complex, it, it, unlucky. So there's probably a million people get hit in the chest, but unlucky that this force was so hard, a very blunt force with severe intensity, and also hitting him at the exact wrong time in his electrocardiogram to, to cause this heart to go commodus, uh, which basically means commotion, chaos, and stop beating normally. Very unusual. The last time I've heard of a player dying on the field of play was Chuck Hughes, and we're going back over 50 years ago. This is very unusual, very infrequent, and most people have not seen it. There's also baseball players wear a Kevlar document. And in fact, here in Philly, there's a guy named Vito, Rob Vito, who actually has a company uh, that actually, uh, for particularly baseball catchers, but also certain baseball players, to protect them from sudden death, sudden death from commotio cordis. I believe this was blood trauma. If you look at it, you couldn't imagine any more blood trauma to the exact area which caused at that exact time the heart to stop beating regularly. And that's, in my view, the pathology here. Finally here, um, does he survive? And I guess that's an open question here on this because he could theoretically be technically alive, but this is all going to, in your opinion, the big concern right now is neurological stuff. Is that correct, you think? 100%. The concern is that, it, it is that the brain is supported through this time, which it is at a wonderful Cincinnati Medical Center, and that this brain is given time to recover. And, and, and being a young guy, there's no rush to declare. And also because of the suddenness of this, also dealing from a humanistic standpoint, uh, th give him a time, give, give the sedatives, the phenobarbital time to completely get out of his system. And he's being examined, believe me, every hour, even more frequently. And everybody's praying. And, and I'd be there as a doctor holding hands with the family and, and, and sitting there right there praying because it's in God's hands right now. All we can do as doctors at this point is to support him. There's no snake oil to cause any neurons which have died. So there's no procedure right now that you'd be going through. It's just time seeing what happens, right? Totally observational. There, wow. Other than supporting him, or dealing with any cardiovascular complications in the future, which we don't know about, such as another arrhythmia, pneumonia, any of these secondary complications, we'd be focusing 100% on neurological function. And right now, there is kind of a, um, they went dark, so to speak. We, we don't know. And appropriately, this is a privacy matter. 
It's a horrible matter. It's a, it, it's terrible. And usually, if he were to come out of it and start moving again, such as uh, here in Philly with Josh Sweat, you know, totally different disease. But a guy who was knocked unconscious here at the Eagles game, it was it was not moving on the field. So that similarity occurred. But guess what? He went to the hospital. He was moving again. He had all of his tests and he was discharged. Usually when there's good news, uh, usually, unfortunately, they, this information will be readily shared. We haven't heard anything, Dan, and that's a little bit ominous. Can I get an eagle question from you? Go ahead. Um, Jalen Hurts, is this more like a rotator cuff injury that we're talking about here? Because some pitchers in baseball can still throw the ball with, I guess there's grades on your, on your rotator cuff. Um, it, usually I'm hearing, because Roethlisberger had this injury that Jalen has, and he was out like three weeks. Is this a rest issue? And do you think Jalen is going to need surgery in the offseason to repair anything structurally when it comes to um, him moving forward? Great question. This is not a rot- – just to explain and d- diagnose – Rotator cuff muscles are muscles surrounding the shoulder, the deltoids, the supraspinatus, the infraspinatus. As far as we know, those, those muscles are uninjured. What is injured and what is causing pain, you'll see me pointing to an area between my, right here. <laughs> I'm looking backwards, my clavicle and my sternum. So that joint, which is a mobile joint, is an area w- which was inflamed and which was not totally separated but slightly separated, and some of the fibers connecting the sternoclavicular joint were disrupted and are now healing. So I believe this is something usually a two- to three-week three injury. It all has to do with pain tolerance. His shoulder is stable and was stable at all times because he was able to throw those two 30-yard passes in the second half of that game. But, you have, but he's our treasure. We like to keep Jalen Hurts in bubble wrap because in my mind, it's certainly in light of the, uh, the Gardner Minshew failed experiment, um, <laughs> one of the worst games I've seen uh, ever in, a, in an Eagles uniform. That is one first down with 12 seconds left. That was epic. And I'm an Eagles fan for 50 years, uh, a literally season ticket holder. So that was the worst. I, I thought I'd seen it all. But also his inability – Minshew's inability to connect a five-yard pass with Goddard to actually miss it by five yards and an inability to find a second read and hearing footsteps and also seeing ghosts. You know, there was a guy, Sam Darnold, who admitted he whispered seeing ghosts. He was seeing ghosts. So in my view, what I hear, and I'm not the exact guy making the decision, Jalen Hurts will suit up against the Giants. It's a very important game for us, and I'm hoping they lay down. It's a 14-point spread. <laughs> so as an Eagles fan, I want to have that first week off. I want that bye week, although I'm not really looking forward to playing the Cowboys after, if indeed is the Cowboys in the divisional round. It'll be great. It'll be great for Philly and Dallas. It'll be great for you, Dan. But uh, that's where we are right now. Right now, uh, I think the last thing I want to say about Hamlet is th- they may not play that game again. To ask those um, those Bills to fly back to Cincinnati to play a game in that stadium at th- this time, I think discretion is a better part of valor. And they're hoping that they can play out the last week and not need for seeding, not need to play that game again 
And I think that's a wise decision. Look at doctor, man. Look at this guy could break down a clavicle injury and also do Minshew shitty play this past weekend. I love it. <laughs> we'll catch you on the post game show. Thank you so much, Dr. Grossinger. Maybe tomorrow. You might have more. I have a feeling that we might. I'd love to come on your show tomorrow sure. with more time because this is really the international news. This is really the forefront of everything. And, uh, and uh, we have a Mark Gastineau, it's our mutual friend. You may have remembered that you and I chatted with the sack master some time ago, and you spoke to my, my, my son, Spencer. So this is the second time I have the privilege of speaking with you. And I want to thank Joe Krause, Jacob Media, Xander Krause, everybody for this opportunity. I wish you all a blessed night and blessings and prayers to DeMar Hamlet. Absolutely. Thank you so much, doctor. We will have you on again as soon as possible. Thank you, my friend. Have a good night, Dan. You got it. That is Bruce Grossinger. Don't forget, you can catch him on our post-game show. Boy, he broke it down really wonderful there, too, you know. And guys like that, saving lives, telling you what these doctors did to save that man's life. I tell you what, man, I was always in great care when I had doctors around me when I was in the NFL and college football. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. I appreciate it. Please hit the like button until tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. Hopefully, we have some more fabulous news on DeMar, and we're able to report some great news. We get ready for the Giants also as we go into the weekend. Thank you guys for telling me happy birthday. It is my birthday today. Thank you very much. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.